What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Thoughts Inside Our Head podcast, broadcasting live from multiple locations this evening. Fill us in. Where are we, where are we coming from? Kurt and Colby are checking in from Bluffdale, Utah. We have two special guests. We're honored. Um, this has been long in the making, long overdue. Last time we tried this, we had some unfortunate technical difficulties after a two-hour podcast disappeared. Um, but we're not going to dive into that. We're, we're on to bigger and better times. And we have Tom Barnes with us. Tom, what's up, dude? What's up, guys? Just out of here, uh, South Jordan. Happy Just to be down here. The road. Just down the road from the thoughts. T-minus uh, 12 minutes north. Yeah, 12 minutes away. If we, shot, if we shot off some Roman candles or something, he'd probably see us. Yeah. Except Roman, he'd in- probably be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad one. Swing and a miss. <laughs> that, joke's, that joke landed about as good as the last four podcasts we tried with this group, which is, we're like shoot, we're shooting 50%. It's Tony Bradley shooting free throws. Um, All right, introduce the other jackass. <laughs> Dude, Carl, Carl Hafen coming in from the Pacific Northwest. Dude, can you hear us okay? I can hear you. It's uh, pretty far up north up here, but yeah, they can hear yeah. you. There's some latency to get through all that progressive point of view. It has to push through. There's no. There's a lot of 5G up there, not a lot of 5G down here because we're woke. You're not. Yeah, king in the north, though, so like, I don't really give a shit about what you guys do. <laughs> Just telling you, man, you know Bill Gates is up there. You know his 5G towers are close to you. Just don't get too close. Yeah. Carl's oh, yeah. our, our correspondent broadcasting live from Chaz or Chop or Chofa, whatever it's called up there. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, don't worry, Barnes. Me and my me and my homie Bill Gates, we're tight, dude. I already got the vaccine. She, joke's on you. Okay, we th- we th- so we have a text message chain called Take Note. Our friendship is based there, there's a lot of pillars that uphold our friendship, but one of the main ones is our appreciation for the jazz. And so we thought it would be particularly um, pertinent for us to all get on the podcast today to talk about a bunch of stuff that's gone down in the last week in the NBA. So hold on, hold on, pause. Can we just appreciate that alliteration from Colby right there? It kind of just happens automatically at this point. Pretty good. Not, not to, not to be it, not to flex. All right, let's dive in. Uh, um, one thing that's, that's, this is going to be pretty jazz heavy. So I hope you guys took notes and take note all the time. Um, Carl just turned off his video probably cause he's, you know, Getting pumped up right now. So. Can, can you still hear us? Yeah, we're good to go. Okay, perfect. So hopefully it's not NSFW pumped. Hopefully you're just stoked on some caffeine. Oh, is, is Carl Tubin? <laughs> is Tubin like floating or tubers from? <laughs> That's one yeah, thing they... Google. Not at work. Um, when we're not on the podcast. If, okay, if you're so... not Tubin, what? Do, if you're not Tubin, what are you doing? Amen. Do you know what we're talking about, Kurt? Uh-uh. Okay. Fill me in. I'm going, I'm going to read this. I think it's definitely <laughs> If anyone here, you would be the biggest tuber, dude. <laughs> Hands down. Look it up. Look Are it we up. talking about Jeffrey Tubin? The Zoom guy? Yeah, a.k.a. Pruitt. Oh, yeah, dude. I do all the time, man. You can see why I'm so good at selling stuff. They're like, wow, that guy? I feel bad for him. That thing looks like freaking... Bro, is that is that why you have to get surgery on your wrist? Is it for carpal tunnel? Yeah. Because your tube been on Zoom. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> do, do we have to restart this? Whatever happened to just like Anthony Weiner jokes? Now it's tubin. <laughs> or or Christian Wood jokes. Oh my gosh. Good job. 
What a transition. What a We're talking about the NBA. Lots of stuff went down. Christian Wood, former Detroit Pistons big man, is now uh, now in the Houston Rockets, and so we're here to talk about that. In all reality, we're here to talk about a lot of stuff. We're about – this is honestly probably the craziest, most condensed – it is for sure the most condensed offseason um, that we've ever had in the NBA. And so lots of stuff's gone down in the last week, and we all want to talk about it, get our thoughts on it, and, uh, and debate a little bit. So we wanted to kind of start off um, talking about the draft. And first of all, Tom, actually, no, we'll start with this. We had the 23rd pick, we traded it, and we picked up what? The 27th pick and then the 38th in the second round. Yeah. And we drafted out of Kansas, Udoka Azabuki, and then out of Syracuse, Elijah Hughes. I'm not going to lie. The reason why I feel like Colby's quarterbacking this one is because I have no idea how to say Azabuki. Well, you just nailed it. I nailed it. Guy didn't know how to say I've never heard it say it, out loud, say it out loud until you just said it. Well, the thing is, is somehow David Locke still has a following. and He mispronounces about every other name that, that comes across his his screen. So we're, we're, we're in, we're in uh, rarefied air here. Um, okay, what are our thoughts? Kurt, what do you think? Azabuki. Um, I mean, I don't know too much about him other than highlights. And remember, guys, highlights are highlights. They're not lowlights. So we're only seeing good things about this kid. But um, for the most part, I think what we're going to do and, – and here's the thing. I think a lot of people need to remember this. Going into this season, uh, we, we're not going to have a summer league, right? Right. We're not going to have a lot of preseason stuff, right? Just camp. Right. So it's going to take a lot more time for these guys. And not only these guys, but the, the three guys from last year um, and Oni, Brantley, and Morgan. Uh, we got to give these, these guys some more time to, you know, find themselves in the league and what they're going to be like as NBA players. But, you know – He's a high flyer. He's like seven feet tall and has a 41 inch vertical. So that gets me really excited because it's the absolute opposite of what Air Bradley was um, about 6'10, 300 pounds of flab and two inch vertical. So it's going to be fun to watch, you know, um, him get some minutes and see what he can do around the rim on the offensive side of thing uh, on the offensive side of uh, the ball. But then defensively, it seems like he's going to fit that mold of, you know, Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, that long defender who can protect the rim and protect the paint, which is actually two, two different things. Um, hopefully he can do that well. Um, but other than that, we got to remember, you know, he's the 27th pick or what was, what we decided was 27th pick. <laughs> I'm a good jazz analyst. Um, so we got to just be realistic with our expectations and just let him have some time. So Carl, what do you think, dude? You, you stoked about that pick? So I think, you know, spending so much of my life on Twitter, I feel like so many of our fans were like super critical of the pick or they had their expectations at a certain level where we were going to get like, honestly, like someone like Donovan again. Um, But I think those people are all up in the night. And I honestly freaking like the pick a lot because I think the reality is when you're picking, what what do they pick? 27th, 8th, 27th. When you're picking that high, it's total crapshoot. Yeah. Um, and there's a million like wings that you could look at highlights and get yourself super excited about. But I feel like all those players, like it's seriously just a crapshoot. It's like Morris Almond or like, I don't know, some rando. Or that Rudy you Gobert. That you, yeah, I'm talking about if you're trying to get a wing player that you think is going to be like Donovan um, at that point in the draft. I feel like you can look at a lot of highlights and get yourself excited, but the reality is those players like rarely materialize into something great. But this dude is straight hoss daddy. 
I'm on basketball reference right now. He's freaking 270. <laughs> and I, I feel like just that anybody of anyone in the draft that we could have gotten then, he's the most guaranteed that you can just stick on the floor and you at least know what you're going to get. Even if he sucks at a third of the things he does, you know that the things he does good are probably going to translate. Literally, all he has to do is stand by the rim, jump high and put his arms out. And that's half of what you want from him. So I'm actually way down with the pick. And mostly because Tony Bradley was straight ass. And I'll say it. <laughs> he was a good preacher, son of a preacher's boy. Bless his heart. But I could not watch him play for another five minutes without losing my mind. And I think losing him was as good as getting this new guy. And I know that's harsh, but I don't know. Little, and, I mean, and, and we ended up getting favors, too. So it's kind of a wash. But... I feel like, you know, there's a chance one of those guys go down at some point. So this is as much of a need as anywhere else. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Tom, what do you think, dude? Yeah, I I sort of liked it when it happened. Now with the signing of, of favors, I don't love it as much. So I wouldn't say I'm stoked. It's, it's, it's an okay pick. Part of it is I sort of agree with the narrative around the league that you don't draft big men in the first round. Unless they're, you know, like an S tier. They're just incredibly good. They're elite. Um, I, I partly agree with that. And I think it should, but I only think it should be a variable in the decision. So I guess Dennis Lindsay is huge on always drafting the best player available. So for me, the pick makes sense. And I don't hate it if Dennis Lindsay truly thinks and knows that he was the best player at, at 27. And I also understand we need to be more realistic with expectations. And, and so I'm for it. Um, one thing that's cool to, to spin a more positive light onto it um, is if you look up Derek Favors college highlights or even some of his high school highlights, you'll see them to be incredibly similar to Azubuke. It's kind of cool. Dude hoops. He slams it. Yeah, we like slams on this pod. If he, can, if he can be big on defense and, you know, hit 60% of free throws or around there, or maybe even more, um, I think he'll play himself in the lineup and give some good minutes for a Rest for Rudy and Derek. Yeah, I think he shot forty four percent from the line in college. Forty four percent, pretty freaking bad. <laughs> there's a lot of room for improvement. When you're going to the line and it's going out more often than going in, then you need to evaluate who you are, maybe as a person on spiritual. Especially level. when it looks like he just dunks right now, you know. So yeah. dudes are gonna be able to hack you well before you you get the dunk unless it's a lob. But like one thing, if you think about it. Rudy didn't play until what his third year, like really play. Yeah, yeah, is that fair? I agree. Maybe yeah, that's like fair. halfway into his second year or something. When did we? Play I wouldn't be. Was that in 2015? He was even summer league. Like both he and Elijah Hughes, you know, we could see these dudes dipping into the summer league to get ready. Yeah, but that's the problem is there's not the summer league. Oh shit! People no, forget. No, People forget it's Thanksgiving this week, huh? Yeah, they'll be G leaguers. My Apparently, bad. the Jazz don't expect Azubuki to play for two years, is what they said. Yeah, so, I believe it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm down with it. And that's why I think, like, if we knew that Favors was coming, and I'm, I'm cool with the pick, too. I don't really have a huge problem with it. But if we knew Favors was coming, I think it maybe almost is worth gambling on somebody that has a high ceiling that might, that's a wing. Yeah. Like that Jaden McDaniels kid or the Desmond Bain yeah. kid. Because, I mean, if you can hit – I mean – that's the biggest commodity in the league right now is, is athletic wings that can shoot and play defense. 
And from if we're not expecting to get contributions from somebody in two years, you might as well shoot for the for the freaking stars. The, but the thing about McDaniel's kid though is apparently he has a low motor and like not a lot of drive, which is obviously not what this team is. You know, that's the complete opposite of what we look for in a player. And that's when you hope that Jazz DNA rubs off on the kid, as opposed to him rubbing off on Jazz DMA DNA. I knew. I even knew before you said something. You're going there. Well, uh, uh, yeah. I just. <laughs> I didn't I, say I, it. I just recognized what's sick. <laughs> All I know is when Kim was at the helm, I wouldn't be surprised if oh, there was some cult- <laughs> if there were some cultish action- actions taking place in the locker room. Just saying. Yeah. Entirely true. I wanna, I'm going to agree with Carl in the sense that um, I think draft picks beyond the lottery get overrated quick. And at that point, like even even before the lottery is over, I think every draft there's two to five guys that people are high on that are going to be starters in the league at some point, potential all stars. From that point forward, you're drafting for either need, holes in your team, or who you think the best available is, who has the high, highest ceiling. And at that point, at 27, you know if you see a project that's worth reaching for, again, we don't know where Rudy's going to be uh after this season at this point he hasn't signed anything um that we know of wow, spoiler or, alert we're gonna talk about that we're later. gonna talk about it in a minute sorry um <clears throat> we're tarantinoing this one we're going to talk about the end of the podcast and go back to it and how we got there right so um i don't know you just got to take out some sort of insurance at some point and if there wasn't like a defensive wing that we felt like was worth it at that point then why not just get your project player and, and see what happens yeah apparently I have uh, a source who's well-informed, and he said that most of the front office was on board with getting a wing, but Dennis Lindsay normally doesn't show his cards like who he wants to draft, but it sounds like he kind of let it slip a little bit, and they were all kind of surprised when they said when he said Azubuki because they thought he was going to go in the second round anyway. And uh, mm-hmm. so it was interesting to see that, obviously, Dennis, he's the one that calls the shots anyway, but he's the one that, that pulled the trigger. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Honestly, if – the thing is, he's got the athleticism, and if he can learn to move his feet and shoot a little bit better, I mean, he could be exactly what we need anyway. So, could be fun. Yeah, he's he's the twenty seventh pick in a bad draft. Yeah. So I I should have said that in my statement. That's why I'm just I guess right in the middle with it. Yeah. I'm fine with it, but I'm also not stoked on it. But I also don't hate it. Let's see what happens. You know what I mean? The seeds yeah. plant. Let's see if he flourishes and grows into a beautiful flower. Could be the Rudy thing all over again. Twenty seventh pick in a not so great draft. One thing's guaranteed, and that's he's way less raw than Rudy was. Yeah, and yeah. He's way already better than way more Tony athletic Bradley than Tony. And, uh, Tony and Ed, yeah. bless his heart, love Ed, but better, yeah. much better than pan out. It's kind of sad because he's such a well liked guy around the league, but he just didn't pan out for us. Honestly, I think that's enough on Azubuki. We'll see. And in a way, like with his athleticism, he does have a pretty high ceiling too. So. It, it could be something exciting, but I don't know how much we can expect to see out of him because um, obviously with favors coming in, playing most of the backup center minutes, which we'll talk about in a bit, um, you, I guess you never know. Anyway, so we got Elijah Hughes. I don't know if we want to spend much time on Elijah. Um, we'll all have the spirit of Elijah inside of us now as we cheer him on and hope he actually like, you know, makes the team. I'll and, just say uh, that his shot. Looks that was pretty- funny. <laughs> I, I like Elijah. Cause I get to say, I get to call players jaw again. Yeah, jaw's sick, and then his shot looks pretty butter. But man, I can't get stoked on the thirty eighth pick and just sit here and say he's going to be amazing. Can we call him Book of Eli? You can call him whatever you want, Cole. 
Spirit Elijah. Late for dinner. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Cancel the pod. Um, oh, apparently, really he shoots it. well, and uh, who knows if he can play defense because Syracuse only plays zone, and so he's actually going to be in a situation where he's going to have to actually guard a man. So who people forget knows? though, you can't pass in zone. You can't. It's facts. People for, they forget that unless you played on K Godfrey's Little League football team in two thousand five. Or if you're on the yeah. highway to the danger zone with Tom Cruise. Hmm? Huh? What? What? Highway to the danger zone. What does that have to do with zone? Passing in zone? Zone, yes. Okay, zone, sorry. you know? Oh, zone. danger zone. Danger zone. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll call it one another miss. Okay. Overall, did you got – the draft, honestly, was kind of a bore. I don't know how you guys felt. Um, personally, go ahead. I just – I kind of just want – uh, what's that ball, Lamelo ball? Like, I really want to suck. I don't know why I have so much angst towards a kid that I've never met, but Same. I'm kind of with kid. you there. I mean, he's just a kid, but I just Dude, want to we're grumpy old men hating on a kid, but I'm for it. I just I think I'm, go ahead, Carl. I think I figured out what he reminds me of, and it didn't happen until last night when me and Brooke we turned on at the very last second the uh, American Music Awards AMAs, something like that. And there was a K-pop group on and they had like this certain haircut and like the way, like almost like looks like they're wearing lipstick. He looks like a K-pop person. <laughs> That's what it finally clicked, dude. LaMelo is the K-pop star of the NBA. I mean, you gotta talk like, just, you're a big K-pop guy, right? Huge K-pop guy. I love K-pop. <laughs> you're talking the like the pop, Korean pop stars, K-pop. right? Like yeah. for the yes. folks on the cast? Who may Where not be it, into hentai and stuff like that? Like those are like the Korean pop singers. Yeah, they simp. I think when yeah. you simp somebody, it means you're just like suck up to them, right? Yeah. Okay. That's what Carl is. He's a simp. Super simp. <laughs> um, um. But anyway, hey, let me. Okay, go on. <laughs> I honestly, I hope. I just remember watching a high school video of Lamelo like pulling up from half court and just thinking he was the man playing for Chino Hills. Hills. Ew, Chino. Ain't Chino. Ain't. Um. For a OC reference, but um, yeah, I really hope he doesn't do that well. It's gonna be it's gonna be way funny watching him play with Gordon. I'm kind of excited, but uh, I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting draft. I'm not sure that. I mean, of course, someone always rises to the top. Someone always is good, but you never know who it's gonna be. Um, it's funny that the Wolves had the number one overall pick, and it's I think they drafted like Carl Anthony Towns part two, someone that gets kind of empty buckets that has zero killer instinct and. Oh, dude, that kid, man. He straight up says he doesn't like to watch basketball. He doesn't even like to watch basketball. So. He'd rather be a rapper or a football player. He just happens to be tall and athletic. Yeah, that's a yikes for me. That's now, hey, happens. real quick, the fact that Haywood received that ridiculous contract, is it 120 or $120 million four years, right? Yeah. Um, and that MJ is going to have to hang out with LeVar Ball's son uh, and Haywood. Like, so basically his top most paid player – as well as his marquee big signing are just going to be stuck with. It's pretty freaking funny. I love how Haywood's just in obscurity. I think it's great. I, I kind of want him to kind of melt down with the Knicks, but uh, that obviously didn't happen. And so in obscurity is, is, you know, it's a good thing. It's just funny that they had to waive Nicholas Batum, but they still technically like they have to pay him 9 million a year for the next few years to make room for Hayward and, He's not even on the team, but it's one of those things where 
What What are you guys' thoughts now that now that he's done with Boston? Like, as a Jazz fan, as a petty Jazz fan, which we all have a little bit in us. Like, what do you guys think about that? Me personally, I think that as as long. I mean, whatever he got paid, but he's getting paid in Charlotte, and he'll maybe make the playoffs out of the four years, maybe once, maybe twice at seventh seed at best to get decimated by yeah. So bam, and apparently. From all accounts, Gordon Hayward's a super competitive guy, so I hope it eats eats away at him personally. So I think there's like the the petty side, like I say, to be a fan means everybody you've got a little bit of pettiness in you, and, and it's okay to say you hate things and hate people as a fan, maybe not as a human, because that's just a little weird, but as like fans, when he went to Boston, I don't know. It was one of those things where as a jazz fan and I've never necessarily been in this situation, but like when a girl like breaks up with you to go be with another dude, like pretty sure like most guys don't want that thing to work out with that dude. Most of the time, like yeah, there's a little bit of pettiness there. And so Boston became, you know, probably one of our most hated teams mm-hmm. um, in the league. And now that like to watch it kind of fall apart and like really just turn out to be a complete disaster. Honestly, it couldn't have worked out worse for Gordon in my opinion. And to kind of see it fall apart and have him leave, I don't know. I feel like there's some closure there for, for Jazz fans. Yeah. It's kind of relieving. Yeah, I mean, way. for sure, fan is short for fanatics, right? So we get a bit fanatical, and I'm for it. Um, sports is an escape from life. So I think we can act petty and get a bit fanatical. And it couldn't have gone worse, in my opinion, either. I remember when we were talking about it, when there were rumors about him potentially leaving, I said I hoped he would go to a team like the Charlotte Hornets, where – they're not the team in town. Like the Charlotte Hornets are a college basketball state. No one cares about the Hornets. They're garbage. They're always at the worst spot in the NBA, which is just a little below the middle. So they can never get better. Um, and the way that he did Gail dirty, he still has never called her. Um, and the way that uh, daddy isn't happy now, call me petty. I'm for it. I'm fine with it. Daddy's- in fact, not only am I fine with it, I'm happy with it. Same. I think it's perfect. Carl, what do you think? I honestly don't really care at this point. And this is this is the truth. This isn't really revisionist history on my part that much. I was mad, most mad about the whole Gordon leaving thing because our fan base bugged me so much because I felt like annoyed that people were so heartbroken because he was good, but like the only reason why I personally was like pissed was because he was our only option at that time. Like we had no path forward and then we got a miracle in, in Donovan. But um, I was mostly just bugged and annoyed that like our fans were like having a midlife life crisis that we lost him. Um, but now that he's not really talked about in the jazz community, I really don't even care. Mm-hmm. Obviously I, I would have been the petty side of me would have been super bugged if he would have won a championship in Boston or something. Um but I would rather him go to Charlotte than even the Knicks personally, because at least when you go to the Knicks, you're going to always be just in the news and, or just in the spotlight in some way. And so I think him going to Charlotte, like, sure, go make your money and do whatever. I don't, I don't really care anymore. I, and I don't really even care to like be petty and boo him when he comes to Utah either. It's just like, who cares? Yeah, I'll still boo the crap out of them. Yeah. Yeah, I just said that because we're doing a pod. In reality, I'd probably do bad things in the arena. <laughs> Bro, he ruined my 4th of July. Yeah. And he disrespected Gil. I think he did. The whole, like, how it, how it played out with him 
wanting to post it on his stupid blog and the whatever. And then it didn't post and then it crashed and he wouldn't say, and like, there is that report that Lowry would have come here, but then we ran out of time. I don't know if that's true or if that's false, but Consider true. Yeah. Just the fact that Consider like, true could have missed out. And then like Carl said, Donovan came in and his rookie year was better than any year Gordon had for us. Even, you know, hundred percent. So but I think, I think jazz fans were scared of reverting back to high Corbin days, the core four, that bullshit. Yeah. With the departure of Hayward, because Haywood, because no one knew that Donnie was what Donnie was. Yeah, and my annoyance at Jazz fans actually continued though, because I feel like in the last three years, two years of having Donovan, that they've been more critical of him than they were the entire time Hayward was Absolutely. on the Jazz. Gordon and Hayward on. took Hayward took three to four years to even be an average player, and I don't think that's an exaggeration and then he was really good and donnie's a great community won a dunk contest and became an all-star well first of all gordon never embraced the community all he did was embrace the freaking halo community um and and the and the local subway people forget i played starcraft with him too i don't know if you've heard this this story but i think pierce smith is driven in his tesla No, it's a real thing though. He was never a dog either. Like, remember the Delante West Willie, and he just took it. Like, he's not likable. He's not cool. So, we're probably spending too much time here. I don't want people to think like we're hung up on him still because it probably sounds like talking about an ex. Um, But I don't know. I I like Carl's stance where maybe we don't even boo him just so he doesn't feel validated. I don't know. That yeah, because there's. I feel like, yeah, if you just pretend like he doesn't exist, like that's that's a way bigger thing than, you know, still being butthurt about it like six or seven years later, whatever it is now, five years later, who knows? Yeah. Anyway. I feel like, last comment, I feel like more of our Jazz fans would still boo D-Will if he played for another team than they would boo Hayward, which, which honestly makes me sick. Absolutely makes me sick. Last I comment, sure Carl, do you expect to get a refund for the money you dated to the Stayward campaign or you donated for the Stayward campaign? I don't think it's coming, dude. Say it ain't so, Carl. You didn't donate to that. Are you saying me? I think he said Barnes, dude. <laughs> no, Carl. I'm going to make a bad investment like that. For, for all the listeners out there. Don't uh, disrespect me like that. Berg, Carl laid that. down a cool don't $50 on the Stayward campaign. 50 bucks. Ba- basically, he paid for the hashtag on the billboard. That's, that's five Cafe Rio dinners. I'm just kidding. He really didn't do that. In all reality, I actually donated five, but we'll move on. <laughs> Dude, five for the fight. Give it there, not this stay word. Well, five for the fight didn't exist then, so I figured we might as well uh, might as well contribute to uh, keeping him around. Anyway, we're moving on. Um, may, may Gordo Rest perish in irrelevancy. Oh, sorry. Uh, of course, that too. Okay, um, we're moving along. Um, other big news. I think we need to get some peanut butter bars in the oven, break out the cookies, get the pink lemonade on ice. I like where this because is Because Derek Favors is having his homecoming. Hey! Let's go. Woo! Let's go, Daddy. He only was out for one year, not two, but he's coming back to Utah. Uh, hey, hey, hey. The homecoming. You uh, sexy, big, sexy Derek Favors. Welcome home. That's my jam. I like that jam. Thank you. Um, we'll play some little drums in the in post-production mm. but take a note right there guys three days oh, you ago gotta play like you gotta play like some mob deep 
to give him her true homecoming oh, that he would appreciate. Bust out some TI. Outcast. I was going to say, yeah, he there we go. I was going with Outcast. He does. So, ATL roots. AT aliens, probably. I think for most of the season, we knew that there had been rumors that Derek was like really interested in coming back. He appreciated the Pelicans, but he fell in love with the Jazz. He grew up here and he wanted to come back. And so here he is. What are you guys thinking? Tom, what do you think? Yeah. So I'll try to give a different perspective because I think it's kind of cool. Um, we got to hear from Ryan Smith in one of our Zoom meetings right after that, right after the draft. And he talked about how important cash becomes when you're looking at luxury tax. Um, so the cash that we got from trading down, from waving Bradley, and then he said we have some things that the state of Utah will get really excited about if we can accomplish them. That had me super giddy. And I did not think that that could be. for sure. Anyway. Yeah, dude. I thought I was scared. I was thinking that was a blockbuster trade or something like that. I didn't think it was bringing back a hometown hero on a great contract. So one for who Derek is as a person, having back in the state has me so stoked. I have his Jersey. I love that. I can put it back on without even needing to buy another Jersey. And two, what we got him at is just, it's incredible for us. And, and not only that, like sure. People can talk about other bigs that might have been a better plug-in for us. I don't see a lot of them at, at that value, but two, no one would come in as happy to be here and as happy to be a, a backup as a favor. So that's why I love it. Yeah. Let's talk about the fit a little bit more like in the rotation, Carl, what do you like about the fit with his newfound, uh, newfound role? Well, it all depends like how much he plays and everything, but you know, if he's, if he's what we expect and he plays backup five, and maybe like another eight minutes or so with Rudy, then I love it. Um, and just generally speaking, the reason why I love everything the Jazz did this off season is because last off season they basically like took a lot of chances, and it turned out they were chances we didn't really need to take because our team was great. The core of our team was great. We just had huge glaring holes just because the chances we took with Jeff Green and Ed Davis didn't work, everything kind of hit the fan. The S-H-I-T hit the fan, uh, family pod. And so I feel like I love the fit with him because we know exactly what he's going to be. And, like, we don't need him to be better than he's been. We just don't need him to be significantly, significantly worse than he's been. And I think he's going to fit like a glove. Yeah, I feel like the fact that he's 29 and really the, the biggest knock against him in the past was just the fact that a lot of minutes meant uh, some some breakdown. I mean, he played I mean, he played the four a little bit. He played the five a little bit and his body, you know, break down occasionally when he was averaging 30 plus minutes a game. But, you know, he fully I think he said um, in one of his quotes, he's like, I know, you know, I, he's basically said I made my money. I've, I've, you know, played well on, a you know, as a starter and now I'm OK with you know, being a backup five and, you know, a four when necessary. And so, I mean, I think Derek favors as our backup getting what 15 to 18 or however many minutes a night, like one, it's going to prolong Rudy um, because really the production isn't going to fall off a ton with Derek playing. I mean, just, I just remember, I think it was in game the first, no, the, the second game that we lost against the nuggets, that was game five, I think. So we lost the first game, game one, whatever it was, game five in like a crucial time, Tony Bradley bled like nine points in 45 seconds. 
And that's something that Derek Favors is never going to do. And I mean, with a production that's not going to drop off at all, um, you know, if Derek has to start, then all of a sudden Bogdanovich is playing the three, like all of a sudden we're huge. Like we can be super flexible. So I love it. I think it makes a ton of sense and we're going to be mean. Yeah. And I agree with every point that's been made so far. And I think one thing we need to point out too is makes for terrible podcasting when you agree with everything, Kurt. Sorry, but I'm, I'm adding to it right now. <laughs> Gross fine. Uh, the happiest Good person fine. right now is, is Joe Ingles, right? Yeah, Pocket dude. Pass, baby. Pocket right. pass. We have we have someone that can actually run the pick and roll with him other than Rudy Gobert on the team. We know we can do it because we've seen it two years ago and beyond that. Um, so that means that we can actually have some production from Joe Ingles in those bench minutes, which was kind of an issue last year. Um, and not only that, but when when you look at our defensive rating last year when Rudy was off the floor, like it dropped something like eight points, something pretty crazy, pretty significant. Um, two years before when he would come off the floor and we had favors come in for him, it stayed basically the same. So, um, our team bleeding points, Berg's about to put in some eye drops. He got LASIK again. Um, our team bleeding points when the bench is on the floor, hopefully that stops. Cause I mean, it was like this in the playoffs. It was like this in the bubble. Our, our stars would come in, they'd get us like a 15 point lead. Our bench would blow it. And they'd come back and have to keep fighting an uphill battle throughout the entire game. So hopefully we don't see that happen anymore with Derek coming back. Plus, so go on. I don't. I don't want to belabor the point, but you literally made the two points I wanted to make on favors. Um, so I think it's like probably the the one of the the two most impactful statements have been made on the pod already. So yeah, you're in my camp right now, Kurt. Is one. I think the Jazz. Not, not I think. I know we're a top five defensive net rating with Rudy on the floor, right? I think we dropped to, to the, the high teens when he would leave the floor. Like, just atrocious. That's a big and deal. not only that, when we're looking at one of the weirder off-seasons in NBA history about these players not having much time to play together, when you bring in a Derek Favors who already has that chemistry with Joe Ingles, I wanted to speak to that specifically with the lob, with the pick and roll, him knowing how to play with these other players. It's just huge for us. So I don't want to belabor the point, so I'll try to stop speaking too much, but just wanted to agree with you on those two points right. and and another thing too then you said this on your first point tom about the market value and where it was at um we're paying Derek like not much more than what mason pummel is getting paid so yeah and it's nine day difference and i will kind of want to talk about this too there's some people out there chase flint amongst others that aren't as stoked about the favor signing because we need like a more of a defensive wing um you know that can also shoot threes and, and basically is an all-star and i don't know about you guys so before this whole thing happened, did you guys have any other like free agents in mind that you wanted to snag? No, like, I like Jeremy Grant. However, I think he's getting paid 20. 20 what does he get year. paid? Is it 20 mil a year? I don't like Jeremy Grant for that, but I did like him. Was the, and, and other than that too, like, yeah, who was available for a three and D type wing player that, you know, we could have, we could have bought. And, and the thing is when the market's bad and the players are bad, you still pay them a lot of money. So all these contracts turn into lingering effects over the next right. few years. I feel like yeah. we got Derek favors at a discount. The best realistic scenario is Derek favors. Yeah. In my opinion, like, Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. The thing is like, Oh, go ahead, Bert. No, I was going to say, you can't wave a wand and convince Paul George to come here out of, out of thin air. Like as much just, as Colby wants to wave wands. Well, that's and that's, especially that'll be especially as we look at the other wizard. <laughs> especially when we look at the other wizard, Plumley already said it. He's getting paid twenty five mil. 
I mean, yeah, when they're already paying, what, over 30 mil to Blake? Like, if we want to talk about teams that had a bad offseason, we can piss on the Pistons. Yeah, no, they've had the maybe the worst. Carl, you had a point you wanted to say. Yeah, the only thing I was going to say is everyone had in their head, like, athletic wing, 3 and D, 3 and D, myself included. But the bottom line is, you know, the only thing that matters is what your defense is you know, throughout the whole game. It really doesn't matter if you're getting stops on the wing or rim. It's just whatever your team defense is. And I could guarantee, and you can call me on this in 10 months, that we will be a top eight defense. Oh, yeah. Just by adding Derek. And yeah. and I think adding him really actually takes away the need to get, you know, an athletic wing. The only time that becomes, like, more of an issue is when you're playing the Clippers, for, right? because they have more wing people, but with rim defense, you can still make their life mm-hmm. more difficult, more difficult. The other, sure. the other thing that's huge with favors is it gives you a chance against the Lakers without favors. you know, say you picked up Jeremy Grant and you just rode with your other bigs. You have no chance against the Lakers, especially now that they got Harold and yeah. Gasol. Well, like and no chance. Like, historically, I feel like Favors actually has guarded AD pretty well. At least when he was on the Pelicans, Favors would give him trouble. And then you don't have to have Rudy trying to guard him out on the perimeter. Derek, actually, in an ISO perimeter situation, isn't bad. He has good feet underneath him. He can move well laterally. Sometimes when he gets on a pick-and-roll situation, he's not great on the perimeter, but that's fine. Um, My only last question – Oh, go ahead, Carl. My only last question on Favors, because I honestly don't know because I did not watch him last year, has he regressed at all? You didn't get a lot of touches. It's hard to tell. Health-wise or just ability-wise. I mean, this is anecdotal from him, and I'm sure he's saying this to help himself, but he says he feels as good as he's ever felt. He's like 110% right now. Yeah. I know his mom died last year, and he was super close with his mom. He didn't have any relationship with his dad, so his mom was basically his rock. And I know that he came into the bubble a little out of shape and didn't didn't have a super great bubble situation, but – I guess, I mean, given the fact that he went through some pretty tough stuff in the meantime, I mean, that's understandable. And, you know, I know that the Jazz expect a lot out of him and he'll expect a lot out of himself. And so I can see him coming back in in pretty good shape. I know that uh, non-casual Pelicans fans liked him a lot. Now, your casual fans that were just stoked on Zion and and didn't know enough about basketball weren't as stoked. And I should have done my homework. I don't have it. Um, But his plus minus was always very good on the Pelicans. And a lot of people think that they missed bad by, by not retaining and holding on to him. So I don't know. Um, he does, you know, he's getting up to almost that 30 mark where for someone who has had injury problems, I think the miles are a little bit higher on him. But I think for what we need around 20 minutes, I think he'll be a perfect fit for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll go great to prolong his career. So, well, I, here's the thing. Derek is a starting caliber center on... 10 to 15 teams in the league right now if not more yeah if not more he's he's a starting caliber he's going to be playing a very crucial role for us we all came into this offseason saying our backup center and a defensive wing was our need we addressed the backup center because that's both in the draft and in free agency what fell our way right right so you know i i think we should be elated not only that i think two things that happened with jordan clarkson and Derek favors is we had two guys who wanted to be in utah which is goes to say a lot about, you know, the culture that we're building, specifically from Donovan Mitchell and the way he's made this organization a place that you want to play at. Totally. And three, if you count Neto, who wanted to come back, but ultimately was probably uh, not obviously 
Um, Carl doesn't count him. <laughs> Dude, Neto just wants to be back with Utah girls. Oh yeah, he loves he loves like pals. He lives so, like a Pro Bowl All Star. Real drama. Poor and boys. This may have to be bleeped out, but I'll tell you guys, and we can play uh, Bossa Nova over it if we need to. But Neto's current girlfriend is. Back to reality. The thing that's most annoying with jazz fans is they just think that players grow on trees and that one, that good players are willing to take minor roles. Like some people wanting Christian Wood to come here. I can't believe we talked about Christian Wood twice at this point. Is he like the name dude predecessor or I mean, (laughs) Padawan Uh, anyway, he's a holy penis. (laughs) A magic one. I know magic Johnson. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Berg bought a Christian Wood jersey for himself for Christmas. No, in all reality, though. He sounds like a missionary that's been out for a year and a half. Christian Wood. <laughs> elder, the Elder Wood. The Elder Wand? The Elder Wand, yeah. The Elder Wand, yeah. Okay, we're moving along. Either way, um, obviously, yeah, back. I mean, we got Clarkson back despite the fact that he was getting called out um, by. Actually, no, we're not going there. Um, it's dope that we got Clarkson back at a pretty decent price. And if he keeps up the production is kind of our second man and our sixth man and blooms into more of the sixth man that we had. I mean, kind of like a Lou will type that we had last year. I mean, let's just look at our rotation real, real quick. Starting wise for most games, Donnie, Mike Royce, <laughs> there we go. I was going to say Royce will probably start. Yeah. Royce is Obviously starting. Bogdanovich, Rudy, and then Mike will probably come out for Ingles. And then, I mean, our second unit is what? Ingles, JC. Mm, who's the three? Is that was that Niang? Yeah, it's Georgie, unfortunately. And that's why I don't love the draft. But yeah. But the way our rotations will work, I mean, I don't see how many minutes he's going to get anyway. Oni. Uh, Oni. I was going to say Oni potentially. Oni. Oni's apparently out of the three. Oni's the the three being uh, last year with Morgan and Jay Stunt. Yeah. Jay Stump, Freak on Jay Oni. Oni's the one that's going to be getting minutes. They for that that defensive wing player, they're going to look internally to him by all reports from our boy TJ. Factual. Ultimately, I just botched that rotation thing, but I think we're going to be good. We're going to have pretty much solid players for 240 minutes, as David Locke says. So shout out to us. Um well, I, I love I love JC. Huh? Oh, I just want to say I was like I was stoked. We locked up JC. The contract looked big. Yeah. But that being said, seeing the other lesser players that got the contracts that they did in his position, it seemed much more validated as a healthy contract. And I'm not saying I'm 100% convinced we'll stay 100% stoked on that contract, but for now I am. Uh, I absolutely am. He fills that important void that the Jazz have of someone who can just go get buckets. And I know chemistry can be overplayed in the variable of success and its value, but the dude brings it, man. Like they call him, is he the one that facilitates the good vibe tribe for the good team? Vibe the tribe. Yeah. Everyone loves him. I think that's big. Yeah. I feel like other than the disgust, he might give a large portion of our card carrying 70 plus fans with his tattoos. 
I feel like JC is a perfect fit for our team, honestly. He's like the, the scorer that we've always wanted off the bench, but literally never had. You know, shouts to AB. I'm glad he found peace elsewhere. But we've always needed that guy, and the fact that literally everyone on our team loves him is great. Anyway, I'll wrap it up there. He's, he's the guy that, like, by the nature of the beast, there's going to be games he wins for us, and unfortunately there's going to be games he loses for us just by the way he plays basketball. Um, but definitely in the playoffs when you need someone to come in and randomly drop 30 points for you, he's our guy. And you just, that's part of the equation that you need to be a championship building roster. Yeah. And we don't have to have them every night. Like I feel like with bogey back, we can cut him off at 15 minutes. If he's having one of those nights where you want to die. That's going to be so nice having bogey back. Like again, it seems like every year it's like, Oh, we're finally going to see what we have. And Again, here we are. So hopefully we can stay healthy. Let's knock on wood. Knock on our Christian wood. And uh, see what, see how it all plays out. It's exciting. So um, moving along here, does anybody else have any other um, – well, I guess we got to address the Rudy situation. Um, we still haven't come to an extension for Rudy. What do you guys think best-case scenario is with the Rudy situation? Tom. Um. Yeah, so we got to get him, right? We got to get our boy. Donnie was priority number one, so now we got to go get Rudy. Do we super max him? I, I really don't think so. Um, Rudy doesn't give me what I would need to see in the playoffs to get the super max. It's been enough playoffs. It's been enough different uh, matchups to see that there is a little bit of a gap there in terms of who he is in the regular season, who he is in the playoffs. He is the best defending big in the league. I stand by it. Uh he uh i don't want to like start a debate or whatever i think he is a top 15 player in the league um that being said i don't i don't think we can completely hold ourselves hostage by giving him the super max if if it was in the dark days where we didn't have anyone else to worry about like adani uh, like back when we were when we overpaid haywood um then yeah i'd say let's give him the super max but due to where we're at and everything else i said i don't think we do that so i'd say best case scenario is just below the super max in re-signing our guy Agreed. Carl, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, I'll keep it quick. I think, okay, I think if we all put on our objective hats for a moment, we got to realize that Rudy is kind of a douche. <laughs> like, he, he really is. But he's our dude. Don't like his six-pack pictures? I like his 205 it's, bench press. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. And honestly, if, the he was on team, if he was on another team, we'd probably hate him. But Although he's a douche, he is our douche. And I would love nothing more than for us to keep him. And honestly, it would suck if we had to pay him a super max because it would jeopardize our future and definitely jeopardize who we can get as a free agent even after Conley. So I would love if we could give him 5 to $10 million a year less than a super max and a couple gems. But we'll see what happens. You mean like a a few meditating crystals is that what you meant by that yeah just some jewels and gems and hopefully that will make up for the lack of actual wealth but um i don't know i I, we have to keep him honestly and i love rudy to death um but yeah that's that's it yeah i love that he's not boxing as much in his off season and he's doing squats and benches um he is bulking up he's probably boxing now just because it is you know, the Christmas season and presents do need to be put in boxes, but I mean, who knows? 
Maybe he'll be boxing with, with signing a minor contract and not a max one. Boxing day is the 26th, though. So Kurt, you got to box him out on that joke, bro. You're sitting next to him. You got to box him if out. If you wait till boxing day, then nothing gets in boxes and under the tree, dude. I, I hear what you're saying. You want presents. You don't want to put things away. Um, a, a, a player like Rudy, who's so good on defense, like it's really hard to come up with what he's worth because it's such an offensive-driven league. But the fact, is, the fact of the matter is, like everyone's been saying, is he's not worth the super max because he can't score and he – doesn't have um, Carl just dropped, so hopefully he jumps back on here in a second. <laughs> um, he doesn't have like the offensive wherewithal or just in his bag to like get the super max. Um, like Tom said, I'm happy. I'm happy he's bulking. And it's funny to say this about you know a defensive player of the year, but I feel like Rudy's just sometimes soft around the rim on the offensive side. He doesn't go up strong enough sometimes, and it, it can get maddening. So. Um, Oh, Carl jumped back on. Um, yeah, I just I just feel like he's our guy. We need to make sure he gets paid, but also hopefully it's not to the point that we'll put ourselves in a bad situation. Yeah. Ultimately, before we move on, I don't think you can pay – or I'll say this. I don't think any player in the NBA that can be game-planned off the floor in a few games in the first round of the playoff has ever been paid the Supermax. 100%. I mean yeah. – I know he's super important. I don't think we can pay him the Supermax. Apparently, by the salary cap law, we can't pay him somewhere between the max and the Supermax. Um, so it has to be max or less, basically. And so hopefully he just understands that we took a gamble on him in the first place and we paid him. Honestly, we paid him a lot up front before he really made took that major jump. We kind of bet on him, and so hopefully he kind of – understands that and maybe that's a bargaining chip that we use and we say look like we paid you above your value at the beginning so right now we might need to pay you below your value if you really want to win a championship like you might have to take something less than the supermax and hopefully hopefully he's down i think winning yeah, will be, be huge in that decision right i think if we're hot i think if we're winning i think if we have a happy locker room it'll help him to feel better if we have an injury here or there and a bad start to the year i'm more worried about his decision yeah and I don't know, this is kind of breaking news a little bit, but Carl is, is uh, and Carl and Brooke and Henry and Griffey are going to make the, uh, the trip back home to Mecca and they might be building a, a new home somewhere and there's a mine by said home. And Carl might have to move out a little early to see if he can mine out some gold crystals and stuff and, and pass those along to Rudy. And that might be Carl's job. So who knows? Um, let me see. We... My notes just disappeared. Sorry, guys. This is great podcasting. Um, honestly, around the league, and we want to do kind of a preseason prediction podcast, and we'll probably have you guys back on to do that. So we don't want to dive too far into this, but just like with some other rumors and other stuff, like what what's caught your guys' attention around the league with what's happened or what's rumored to happen? Whoever can speak first. I can go fast. Um, go oh, on. you go. Okay. Uh, I think the Clippers are kind of licking their loons a little bit. You know, they lost their dog, Harold, and they gave a huge contract to Marcus Morris. I thought that was a strange contract. What is it? I know it's above 50. I think it's even above 64 million across four years. So for what I've seen is if we're talking about the real contenders and how do they help themselves, I don't think the Clippers help themselves. And I think uh, with how much the Clippers hurt themselves, the, the Lakers on the other side just help themselves as much as the Clippers hurt themselves with getting Gasol, with pulling over Harrell, uh, with the big signings that they've had, to where 
I'm really hoping Father Time kicks in uh, on some of their players because this may not be that very competitive of a of a season, unfortunately, with the with the Lakers where they're at. And I'd love for someone to to argue against me on that and say that the Lakers dropped off because I wanted to wanted to see them drop off. Yeah, they definitely got better. It sucks to say. Yeah, I think I, I think all things considered, so far the offseason's gone about as ideally as possible. I mean, I do think the Lakers got better, but I think at the end of the day, if you're battling for between yourselves and one or two other teams in your conference for a chance, that's perfectly fine. And at least the, what the Lakers did is they added a bunch of really good players, but they didn't add a lot of like young, good guys. And so there's on there's a real chance that you know some of their guys they've added are more washed than we think, or honestly could get injured. Um, but the other just like general takeaways, I think the West is going to be tough. Uh, I think Portland's going to be a lot better than everyone thinks. Um, I'm honestly a little bit disappointed that as much as I hate the Rockets after Rockets. Like I'm a little bit disappointed that they're blowing up like this because I really did want to play them in the in the playoffs and beat them. Um, but nonetheless, I feel like all things considered, about half the teams in the West got better, half the teams stayed the same or got much worse, and we're on the side of teams that got better. So I'm I'm more excited going into this season than I was last season, and I was freaking excited last year. Yeah, we don't have many holes this year. Like, it's hard to say where those come from. And, you know, hopefully maybe a little championship karma that the Warriors are suffering from maybe catches up to the Lakers and, you know, weird stuff happens. And, you know, who knows? So fingers crossed for that. Speaking of the Rockets, um, do you guys think that Harden is going to end up staying or do you think they're going to end up trading him before the season starts? Um. I think with the way the league is, they're going to trade them before just because players have so much power. But I just, I just, it's a dumb move if they do. Because if he forces his way to Brooklyn, what can Brooklyn give him? What can they like? Kyrie. Yeah. It, I mean, I would love for Kyrie to end up in Houston <laughs> and just push them even into just who knows what type of situation. But I mean, I feel like that defeats the purpose of what he wants. He wants to be a part of a big three with. Katie and Kyrie and become the most unlikable team of all time in like the massive and the intellect the most intellectually brilliant trodden team <laughs> the for real the most time. like sensitive slash um, anti intellectual movement team that's ever been but they're very much woke so who knows what I'm saying I just don't understand like like I get I get player empowerment and like power to the players but like the players also have to realize like you completely screw your team over if you point at a team say i want to go there get me there and that team has really no assets to give you then all of a sudden it's gonna be like a five team trade situation where like the whole team i don't i, I don't know i just feel like i just feel like it's a dumb move if they do i don't like the rockets but i'll feel bad for the rockets if they're forced to trade them because they are not going to get the value back i mean that goes without saying when you look at the assets over on the other side for the Nets, I, I can't even really list what they would have as an asset in return for the Rockets. Yeah, if Kyrie's Which not might involved, be like Levert or Dinwiddie and it's probably some picks. And as the classic saying goes in the NBA, four quarters don't make a dollar when it comes to the trades. And so, I mean, 
yeah, the Rockets are definitely kind of getting short into the stick. But I feel like some people say like, oh, well, you know, Harden, Harden asked for this team to be constructed the way it is, and they built this team perfectly for Harden, and it's true. And the fact is, like, he still couldn't pull it off. But at the same time, like – and some, and they'll say, like, well, make him, make him stick it out, make him play out his contract. But if you make him play out his contract and he leaves for nothing, then you're screwed. True. And if – and chances are, like, honestly, with the way – and they just signed Boogie Cousins today. Like, how good even – if, even if Harden stays, sticks around – I mean, PJ Tucker's older. They lost Covington. Um, they've lost a few other pieces. Eric Gordon is. Is Gerald Green still there? Like, I think so. Like, okay. how good? How good do you think the Rockets actually going to be this year? Like, are they a contender? As they currently are constituted, with no. unhappy players. Nope. No, no, I I would say yes, but with you adding in the caveat of unhappy players, no. That for me changes it to no. Like they have a whole new system coming. Yeah, they lost Rocco as well, like you said, up to Portland. Uh, if they held on to Rocco, if they had the same system with D'Antoni, everything intact, and a happy locker room, yeah, man, I'd probably put them right, right after the LA teams. But as currently constituted, no, I think they drop below that. Yeah, so like out of principle, maybe you say, well, you know, screw you. You wanted us to make this team for you, and we did it, so you got to play it out. But if you're not going to be a contender and – eventually you're going to have to rebuild anyway. Why not just get started on it early when the contracts have more time value on them and you blow it up and start over with a fresh coach, fresh GM, like the owners knew for the most part too. Like it sucks, but sometimes I think you have to cut bait. And in this situation, it's probably best for your team. If you're not going to be a contender, you might as well do it sooner rather than later. Agreed. Good for us too. Let's let all the talent go East is all I want. Yeah. That'd be nice too. So, um, in regard to, does anybody have any thoughts on uh, on our beloved Ricky going home to Minnesota? We can keep that one short. It's sad, is all I'll say. I want him to be on a playoff team. Honestly, though, I feel like it's best case scenario for him because in the next two or three years, the Timberwolves could make the playoffs. Um, but at least he's somewhere where he's beloved. And I think the reality is, Ricky is never going to start on a really good team um, unless they're like somehow surrounded. He's somehow surrounded with a bunch of other stars. Um, But I think he could be like a bench dude that contributes. But I mean, I feel like it's not a bad scenario for him to end up in, in Minnesota again, especially compared to sitting in Oklahoma city with a bunch of scrubs. Yeah. At least his fans will love him. I don't know. I mean, like we said, Anthony Edwards, who knows if he even likes basketball. Cat, I'm not sure he likes anything other than scoring. Um, so he might be like the only person that actually cares on that team. But uh, at least fans will love him. And Jazz fans will always appreciate him. So, um, hot, hot take on that. I don't think the T-Wolves make the playoffs in five or ten years. In fact, if there's an over-under, I'd put it at seven years for the T-Wolves making the playoffs. I'd put money on that one. On the over or the under? All right, let's go back to five, and I'll go over five, and you go under five. Let's put money on it. I'm in for that. I mean, not that I think the T-Wolves are great, but, you know. I just want to get a bet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a degenerate. I think think you're probably right. I'm just being a contrarian. (laughs) We need to put stakes, so we're going to do the preseason predictions with over-unders and a bunch of stuff uh, in a couple weeks, or, like, right before the season. And so – We'll uh, 
we'll have some, maybe we'll have some little side bets going on for, for that. So gather up your coins, pull some coins out of the couch and uh, we'll have to play some bets for that. Um, moving on guys today. And this is uh, Carl can probably have the first opinion here, but the, the jazz announced their city edition uniforms. They released what they're going to look like. And this needs to be kind of a, a public grieving um, conversation here because the uniforms are kind of ugly and we're still the freaking candy corns. And it's just kind of sad. I had high hopes that we'd have a cool, um, a cool new city edition Jersey, but in all reality, they just kind of doubled down on the red rocks theme. And so uh, not that cool right now. Carl's zoom background is, is Royce rocking the new jerseys. So um, not exciting. What are your guys thoughts on those things? Can we start with the PPs? You want to talk PP? Yeah, but I mean, I honestly more disappointing than the updated city jerseys are that we kept the PP yellows. They're honestly top five worst jerseys in the league, I think. And for some reason, I don't know, Tom, I think you might need to talk to your boss. I don't know why we freaking kept those yellow jerseys. We've had them like as longer than any other jerseys too. And it's, well known that the entire fan base hates him and the but team. anyway and donnie go on. that should have been part of donnie's contract extension it should have been honestly a little blackmail and he should have held the team hostage and said look i'm only coming back if you guys ditch the freaking p jerseys so in, in that sense i'm a little disappointed in donnie but other than that i'm happy he's signed the extension yeah but it, but with the new ones like as i said on twitter today shout out to chafe at chafe 16 give me a follow um, wow one of the best follows on twitter so plug yeah especially as we round into another season you're you're not gonna want to miss um what chafe 16 has to say um i think that the norm the jerseys are fine the shorts aren't my favorite but i'm just over the theme to be honest i mean only people who want to get out of the action move down to southern utah and we really don't embrace that part of our state that much for reason. And I don't know. I feel like we're not the Shout out, Shout out Carly. We're better than that. And I feel like we have mountains and other cool things we could have utilized. And we've, I don't know, we're kind of past this. Anyway, that's my piece. I think we look like freaking jack-o'-lanterns. It looks very Halloween-y to me. Like you said, candy corn, I think. I <laughs> candy corn's perfect. I, or like the the pants literally are the German flag. So I don't know what we're trying to prove with that. Who we're pledging allegiance to going forward? What we believe in as an organization? We already have probably quite a few or a handful of white nationalist fans. I don't know what's going on there. Probably not anymore at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we got them out of there. But um, yeah, they're just disappointing. Like I am zero percent stoked on them. Like it's just like whatever. I feel like they get a ton of love from a lot of jazz fans too, which is kind so of much love. So the, much. And so I guess I get it. Like everybody's going to have their opinion. And it just happens that we really don't like them that much, but the freaking yellows, nobody likes the yellow jerseys, yeah. but we still have them. And now they've got a Jordan patch on it to mock us. It's terrible. He's literally peeing on us. Like he did in 1997 and 1998. Six. You know, someone in our organization loves <laughs> and all these years. I thought it would be Kim. 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 But now I feel like we can almost rule that out with the ownership change. And now I is still a significant amount of ownership enough say, to get you some PP jerseys. Apparently I'll say this much. 
you know, that was a quick change. Maybe the jerseys were already slotted. We'll know the involvement of Kim if we still have the P jerseys next year. And why it's disappointing for me is if the Jazz just had a really bad color scheme or never had cool jerseys in the past, it wouldn't be as upsetting. But the fact that we have mountains to work with, we have the purple jerseys, which should just be standard. They should always be available jersey. We have the beautiful green, yellow, purple note that we could play off of. We have the black coppers, which were fantastic. I'm for them. Like if we revamp those a little bit. The green Utah Jazz jerseys of the Boozer Day. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to like go down a rant, but like there's a lot of cool stuff to work with instead of just looking like the St. George Polygamous Sons. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> doubling down on it. And then doubling, not even just keeping it, but doubling down and diving deeper into it with dark mode. Not for it. Yeah. It, it just sucks. Not- we, the only jerseys we are excited about are jerseys we wore 20 years ago. Like, we have a creative team that's supposedly designing these things and working with Nike, and we still have to look backwards instead of forwards. Well, that's yeah. fair. And honestly, the, maybe the worst part, in my opinion, is the stupid apparel that comes along with these jerseys. I freaking hate when people have the flat brim hats that are bright red with the Utah symbol. Like, that's just not, not the jazz and never will be. I mean, shout out to Locke who wants to change our names to something that doesn't have to do with the jazz note or culture, but that will never be me and I'll never stand for it. I'm already going through one team name change. Can we like space that out? Jazz is at least isn't racist. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of jazz music in Salt Lake City, but whatever. At least, at least you weren't the Washington R words. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the R words. Um, The thing is, is we have a bunch of people who probably walk around. They give, uh, they give <laughs> finger guns and say, "How you like that jazz?" Because we got a bunch of cheesy guys around. So that's you know we're really buying into our like very white culture here with the jazz. So yeah, if we were going fully into what our culture is, we'd have all white jerseys though. But I'm just saying, if we wanted to be fully in on what we are, Salt Flats, White Temple, white people. Dang, I thought you were making a G reference. That too. Oh, nope. I'm staying more <laughs> PC than that. <laughs> well, uh, well, and by G. Um, yeah. Um, so moving along, we have. So they're going to announce the urn jersey. Um, who knows urn? what that is? The urn. U R N. Oh, yeah. They'll have uh, Larry's ashes scattered throughout the threads. Berg. I'm sorry. <laughs> They only can make enough. They can only. You set me up for that one. They can only make 10 jerseys, though, because he's missing a few ashes. I was going to say, say, dude, they're going to have to be selective because there's not a lot of ashes to go around. Well, and and the jersey is probably going to be not a tall version, right? It's going to be pretty short so he can still roll around. What else is 3D printing for if not to print out more of the Larry's ashes? This has gone too far. What is okay? But real talk, getting get getting on track here because you guys can't handle yourselves. Um, <laughs> what is what does the earned jersey mean? What does that mean? You make the like playoffs. obviously city jersey earned means earned means you made the playoffs, right? Yeah, at least that's what it did when we won the we got the green jerseys. Yeah, they were- which were so basic. Sorry, Wait, but earned. We've- so you get to get the jerseys if your team made the playoffs. Your playoff team. Yeah, you earned them. 
Oh. The greens were as basic as the yellows, but not as ugly of a color. Like a we've really, we've really struggled, man, with jerseys. Honestly, we wrecked Portland on Christmas Day when we debuted those things, so they always have a little bit of like a soft spot in my heart for them. The, the they worked for Christmas. That's true. It well, we're never going to get a Christmas game again. It feels like, and I we have an exciting team, so that's annoying. But the thing about it is, is that the yellows are getting to like powder blue slash just any any uniform we had when Boozer and Darren were here. Bad levels of bad. What's the worst all time? Yeah. Maybe maybe the powder blue. Maybe the just regular away dark blue jerseys back. The then. dark blue Boozer D will for me. Do you just the away? It looked like a junior jazz jersey. The yellows are getting close, though. They're getting close, man. We're getting into that atmosphere. Because the whole league as a whole has gotten better, but those are, like, almost as bad as those old ones. And, like, they tweeted out a photo of all the four shown jerseys that we're going to wear, just our whites, our blues, and then the P yellows in this new one. And you look at it and you're like, man, like we have kind the of the best we can do is it. average. Yeah. Is, the best we yeah. can do is yeah. not bad. The white and the blues. Our whites are pretty sick. I'm not They're clean. Lie. Our whites are sick. Blues are good. Our whites are cool. And then the rest are just, you just look at them like pee-pee's just trash. But the white and the blue don't like, they'll blow your mind. They're not like, oh, wow, those are cool. You just think, oh, those like, those look fine. Those look good. Yeah. They're not like eye popping. Purple should be a mainstay. Purple should never, ever, ever go away. Yeah, maybe they'll surprise us the earned and then maybe they'll throw in another throwback or something. I feel like the world deserves to see Derek Favors in a mountain jersey. Yeah. Okay, time out. Quick question though. Why don't we have a classic jersey in our set? That doesn't make sense. Well, last time I'm pretty sure they teased four jerseys and then they're like, oh, by the way, one more is coming. And then it was the mountain jersey. Uh, Oh, I bet we keep purples. So or if we even go to White Mountains. White Mountains would be nice. Oh, I see. Very nice. Yeah, guys. Is uniform talk good for your listeners, or is this too long? <laughs> no, I feel like I know Austin Burton Shaw love it. Um, and there's we have some loyal jazz listeners on here. So Zach Lowe's a listener. He loves uniform talk. Yeah, true. It's important. We gotta look good. Representing our state. Are you kidding me? Um, guys, I think that's everything. That's everything we have on the docket. What are your final thoughts? Anything? I hear a lot of silence. <laughs> I literally don't have one more thought. <laughs> no, that's bad radio, so I'll just go in so it's not bad. Uh, super stoked with what we did. Most important, we needed to get Donnie signed. Love it. We got JC when it looks like at the market. Good contract. Love it. And I, I thought it was one of those things where it was too good to be true. I actually never thought we could get favors back, especially how we got him back. Love it. Um, we're reloaded. We locked up. Now if we can get Rudy on a good contract. Uh, I, I give the Jazz that contender nod. Now, I'm not saying they are one of the top contenders, but I put them right around that four or five mark in the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, do I think we win the championship with the current roster we have compared yes. to somebody else? Absolutely, 100%. But in all reality, um, ceiling might be like a Western Conference Finals appearance, which would be great. At that um, point, you just need something small to go your exactly. way. Exactly. So if you put your foot, your one foot in the door at that point, you know – like you said, all it takes is maybe Donovan doing doing what he did this playoffs or something like that. Someone gets hot, and then crazy things can happen. But um, like Carl said, and it's a really important thing to look at is you got to compare yourself to the rest of the league. Did you get better? Yes. Did the, a lot of the teams that we needed to get worse get worse? Yes, they did. So um, I think 
at the oh, very least, oh. we've gotten better and and yeah. Oh. Carl, Carl, can we mute him? <laughs> can you say what something? was that, dude? You got something to say? I was just letting you finish your point. Oh, sorry. I was just liking what you were doing there. All right. So before we before we sign off, this podcast has been sponsored by Adrenaline Shock Energy Drinks, Rockstar Energy Drinks, um, Monster Energy Drinks. Carl, what are you sipping on, dude? Shout out to H2O. Little H2O, some PNW H2O. So next podcast coming up, we're going to have a little Christmas special as, uh, you know, tis the season. And then uh, the following podcast, we're going to have these two hooligans back on for our annual preseason prediction pod. So Wait, whoa, 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 Berg, Berg, we didn't dip into your love life, though. Dude, that's not part of this, that's not part of this episode. This is jazz-specific. Oh, my bad, but, dude. But, but for the sake of tradition, feel free to ask your questions so we can bleep it out for the listeners. <laughs> dude, give the people what they want. Give us those dirty deets. And then you'll need a big segment for Kim. I don't feel like we've been able to dive into that either. Kim's just not yeah. a part of the organization. Thank goodness I don't have to edit around. No, I request that all listeners have a full accounting of the history behind Kim, everything he's done to our organization, to, to Gail, to Larry. And I think that you guys should dedicate an episode to that. That's my hey, well, thought. For our, for our podcast episode that's coming out like the second week, basically right before the season starts, we'll put Carl in charge of the Kim monologue, an oral history of uh, – the plague of Kim on the Utah Jazz organization. So and and for a, a plant a seed there, Kim is the spouse of Gail Miller, who arrived Larry H. Miller. Yeah. Correct. The late great Larry H. Miller. <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. It's fun. Um, send us your comments. Subscribe. Give us five stars. Shout out to uh, Crumble Cookies for sponsoring us, and uh, intern Mark for putting in lots of bleeps. Um, yes, and also Shamrock Auto, uh, homie as well. Shamrock <laughs> Auto, um, Everybody have a good night, and we'll talk to you soon. Go Jazz. Thanks.